was because of me. My friend sent me a link to a video posted on that site, Intelligentsia. <gasps> the one for hateful Whoa. man babies. <laughs> yep, that's the one. For hateful man babies. Intelligentsia, what? Intelligentsia is a website? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love this. It's so much more than a website, MT. It's a communal experience for the hateful man babies. To it's connect. for hateful man babies. Wow, Intelligentsia, confirm, let's go. Intelligentsia is literally a website. <laughs> it's literally Reddit. I love it. This is just Reddit. Wow. Guilty? How oh do my we God. swat She-Hulk? It's Reddit, a bit of 4chan, a bit of... What is uh, A hit list. A bit of New Rockstar's comment section. Uh, yeah, Jesus the dark Christ. web. It's not just trolls. Every troll forum on the internet is oh backed God. by something evil! <laughs> Is this also um, backed by Jeff Bezos? He's every he's like uh forty percent of these accounts. He I said he's like, get rid of She Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh they're back at oh. Lab. They're being watching me. Hulking. Oh, uh oh. He has a signature for his text messages. Plan? Yeah, he does. It's like my mom texting me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh that, now okay. that is oh, a real they got needle. A new needle. That's a That is elephant tranquilizers. Yeah, what is that for? Oh, that's for her. So, okay, so intelligentsia is not just a website, it is so much more. Okay, uh -oh. let's go, let's go. <laughs> I'm telling you, behind every uh, uh, toxic Reddit uh, subreddit is um, a lab trying to steal our blood. I think that's what this proves. <laughs> is a lab trying to steal my blood. Hey, lab, if you want my blood, just ask me for it. You can borrow oh, yeah. some. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have blood. I'm lousy with blood. I, I noticed you have vials of blood on your floor. You're always stepping through it to get to your computer I chair. I am. It's like an Indiana Jones yeah. through the uh, through the temple. Because, you know, I, I like to give myself a challenge, right? And one day, I'll, I'll domino these over, oh, and it'll cool. be the most beautiful thing that's ever been shown. Welcome back to New Rockstars, everybody. She-Hulk episode six goes full bridesmaids, but also introduces to the MCU the Intelligentsia. Yes. In the comics, an eclectic group of evil brainiacs, but in She-Hulk, uh, it seems a website in the vein of Reddit, 4chan, maybe a bit of parlor splashed in there, uh, meaning defeating the leader in Captain America 4 will be as easy as unplugging his router. Holy, Holy She-Hulk! She <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's She-Hulk after show. Merrick Boss with me is Jessica Clemens and MT. Welcome, Hi. my friends. Dude, I am so happy to finally see the Intelligentsia pop back up in the MCU. This is so cool. I'm so excited. Yeah, and I, I'm super excited too. This episode, I was a little worried at the beginning where she just kind of turned to camera and said, it's gonna be a self-contained wedding episode because my response would be like, a lot of these episodes have been just like self-contained something episodes to now. How is this breaking the trend that you've done this season of She-Hulk? But it turns out now it's a red herring because this episode was probably the biggest leap forward in terms of what this series is trying to do. Uh, we finally get a sense of who is behind all of this evil doing uh, in Jen's life, what the real conflict is. And it turns out uh, it is the Intelligentsia, mm. uh, a, a very important entity in the Marvel comics. 
And uh, while the intelligence seems to be using the front of a troll website as an information resource, the true operation is something far more sinister and far more hands-on. A whole lab spying on She-Hulk in times where there should not be cameras lying around. And they're trying to analyze her blood, acquire more blood, designing new scary needles to steal more blood. Uh, I mean, general thoughts this episode. How are you guys feeling about this season? I love the season as a whole. This episode did feel like a fluffer episode, but I think she said that at the beginning. So I was like, oh. I'm not caught off guard. <laughs> uh, Jessica, are you using the Hollywood industry definition oh. of fluffer? Because that is a very different <laughs> definition. Oh, I think they were just massaging. <laughs> okay, just just they a were, masseuse episode. They were folding nah. in the cheese. But no, I did like uh, once, it, <laughs> once it got to the part, uh, once it got to that part, there's also, I just, I love the uh, Mr. Immortal. The entire Oh my God, time. yes, it was so Great. good. Oh my God. Also, they did not need to make him so attractive. <laughs> Cause then I was like, I was like, yeah, he would have got me. He would have got me. He, I would have been one of those wives. <laughs> yeah. He would have took all my savings and ran away. And then I would have just yeah. assumed he's dead. Or even after you saw that, you would have been like, I'll still marry you. Yeah. I can, I can fix you. I can change him. him. He's I been alive forever him. and I can change him. <laughs> he's older than Christ. <laughs> but no, I, I also really like this uh, season. This episode was really fun. I just, I liked seeing Jen like continue her struggles with like, you know, being compared to She-Hulk and like how she, just Jen doesn't feel like enough for some people. So like, I like seeing that. Yeah, let's recap what we saw this episode, just to remind ourselves. So Jen gets invited last minute to be bridesmaid to the wedding of her friend Lulu, played by the hilarious Patty Harrison. Patty Harrison is one of my in one of my favorite I Think You Should Leave sketches. And uh, if you haven't seen that series on Netflix, check it out. It, there's like a Shark Tank parody where she plays someone who made all, she's like one of the judges who made all of her billions from suing uh, the city of New York for getting sewn <laughs> into the pants is of the Charlie this? Brown balloon. Is this in the second season i think it's season two okay i was like my favorite in the first season where she's like santa came early and she's oh, like that one's great <laughs> i love her so she's much. great i want to know what lulu's deal is like mm. who i don't think we saw who she was marrying and right. did she really want jen there because she seemed pretty mean to jen but then was she just too drunk not to care? I think time will tell. I, I think that there may be some duplicitous motives behind Lulu, mm, the friendly. Because it was a whole okay. last minute invitation, right? Like, it seemed like she got this box, and then a right. day later, she was packing up to go to this wedding. It was so confusing, because it was like, I, I, at first, you're like, oh, she's inviting her because she's She-Hulk. Then she's like, don't turn into She-Hulk, because it's going to take away from me. And then at the end, she's like, oh, She-Hulk's at my wedding. I can't be happier. And it's just <laughs> such a Patty Harrison that's her comedy in her face that I can't just read chaos. it. I literally couldn't. Yeah. I was like, is she actually happy or is she just drunk? And I was like, that's just Patty yeah. Harrison's comedy. And so I'm so confused. I would say it's absurd to uh, invite, have enough money to pay for one of these elaborate, will you be my bridesmaid boxes, but then have a cash bar at the wedding. Like how yeah. much, what is your budget for this wedding? But I've been to so many weddings where like, why did you spend so much money on this, but then not on this? Like, why are there, why is there no food at this wedding? But there is like a, a, one of those sparkle showers at this wedding, like we're <laughs> at a concert. Uh, there's like, it's insane. I will say at the wedding we had, uh, there's no way we're gonna have a cash bar at our wedding with our families. Are you, are you kidding me? That was like the first thing, must have an open bar at this wedding. There's no way, no way we would have gotten by. But I just, I found that a bit of funny, a wedding commentary. Uh, I guess I should say, like, I asked someone to fill in as a, a groomsman with, like, with a week's notice. 
But I kind of knew um, a couple months ahead of time that there was one groomsman oh. who might not be able to make it. So I went on Craigslist oh, for my groomsman. Just kidding. I'm too single. Uh, <laughs> that's the joke. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> that was the single part. That wedding, the wedding in the episode was a, not trying to be mean, but a little cheap. It was a little cheap. Yeah. It was very small. There was no food. And also, how are you going to do all the partying before the bride shows up? It's Seriously. It was, right. It's all weird. It was all weird. I, it all looked staged a little bit. Right. It was kind of just kind of fit the narrative beats that they want to tell the episode. But it wasn't like, you know, in a true rom-com fashion where like the story does fit in with the actual timeline of the episode or of the thing like Bridesmaids. Right. That whole mm-hmm. uh, thing. Like they follow the the normal order of it in terms of even how absurd a wedding can be. Uh, I was even thinking like Crazy Rich Asians, a movie that I re- very much enjoy. I love Crazy I love Rich Asians. Who does? Uh, and I was thinking about that wedding scene in Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, the one that I, I cried at with the water, yeah. with the little Wildest river. Dreams, uh, uh, <laughs> I have still yet to see that movie. So like, don't see I, it I'm for so that lost. scene. <laughs> I cry every time I watch that scene. I love that scene. She takes off her shoe. She walks down the aisle on the walk. Stop. Okay, we'll get back onto that. It's a thing. It's beautiful. <laughs> so this episode kind of opens with after she gets this invite, Jen turns to camera and announces that this will be a self-contained wedding episode and says, if you think this is taking place in an inconvenient time this season, you're right. Now, ultimately, this was a very eventful episode, you know, right. but I think this series has just this recurring move of using Jen's breaking the fourth wall to kind of get ahead of any criticism. And in screenwriting, a term for this is called hanging a lantern, when there's just some kind of like shortcut that you take narratively or some kind of cliche or trope that you know isn't like the like the move that you wish you would have made you just kind of hang a lantern on you have a character call it out in context and it shows the audience that like don't worry i'm aware of this trust me on this we'll get to it on the other side but like so far in she hulk it doesn't seem like they are really writing beyond that they're just kind of calling it out and saying nope this is part of the world where the character is going to make fun of yourself but it's like at this point, you're making fun of your own shortcuts and you don't really prove on the other side of it that the shortcut was worth it. You're just kind of, I don't know, this is just a little gripe that I have. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately the show is working fine. I'm its I'm enjoying it enough. But I'm just like, you don't need to have her call out your own weaknesses because mm-hmm. I think a lot of viewers wouldn't even recognize these as shortcuts or tropes before you called it out. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think we notice it because we're in entertainment. Yeah, and we went right, to school right. for it because I'm like, yeah. there's probably someone that needs it written out for them. Like even you explaining the hang the lantern, there's people out there that don't know what that means. And need <laughs> no, to sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I don't think I don't expect the general viewer to understand hanging the lantern, mm-hmm. but I think the general viewer does have kind of like a, a subconscious reaction to when something feels a little cliche or something feels a little yeah. like. Uh, too much of a subversion of expectation and i think this was this line was because last episode ended with like a tease of daredevil and i think it was basically saying like you're not going to see daredevil this episode basically I think that's what it was all about yeah i i feel like um the writers of this show realized like how like how much of like an uphill journey they have in terms of like pleasing like the audience because like a lot of female-led shows get met with a lot of criticism like for no reason and so like i feel like they have she helped be like all right the prepare yourself this is my show all right so this is a lawyer show don't like wong is here but this is a lawyer show like i feel like they're preparing them preparing like the the toxic males reaction because like they, they see it they, they, they know it's coming they they saw it when she hulk was announced so they were just like you know what let's just write this into the show to sort of like calm these the, mm-hmm. this specific audience um but that's just my weird assessment i mean <laughs> No, yeah. I agree. She's done it. Now this is the third time because in the first episode she was like, I know you're not ready for this lawyer show and I'm going to give you backstory. And then the third episode she was like, 
this isn't a Wong episode. Wong and Bruce and them aren't going to be in every season or every episode. Just get that in your mind. So I think they're just like, yeah, just setting it, setting it up so people can't knock them down before they knock themselves down, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I think they're just trying to get ahead of it. I just think it's interesting that they're doing that. Like, I think overall it seems to be successful. uh, Mm -hmm. And and I I do like that it is rooted in who She-Hulk is. Like, that is something that she's always kind of, like, been doing in the comics, is talk Mm -hmm. to the audience. Um, This show has, like, a really unprecedented relationship with the Marvel audience that uh, a lot of other, really any other Marvel MCU property has up until this point. Like, a character talking directly audience is something that like is completely new i i i'm not convinced yet that the writers of the show understand the full power of that because mm-hmm. that is such a powerful thing to like remember in 2016 with deadpool it seemed like ryan reynolds fully understand who his audience was and exactly who he was talking to i think there are times where like i'm watching this show and jen is talking to camera and i kind of look around the room i'm like who what audience right now is Jen talking to? Because I, I think I, a lot of people watching right now yeah. are not really connecting with what she's saying. That's what I like about it because it's giving me WandaVision where it's like it's for everybody rather than it's just for one group of people. So it's mm-hmm. like when she's talking to us, she's talking to us more so that it's a lawyer show than it is about She-Hulk, which I understand. It's like, how are you going to be a Marvel show and a Disney Plus show and not be more Marvel than a lawyer show? But I think that's what they're trying to get at is like, we'll still have those like Marvel undertones, but we're really like, this is for everybody. We want to make sure everyone feels involved in this. So I think that's why it's like, because I was getting that too. I was like, this is a conversation for the girls. <laughs> like there's sometimes where I'm like, this is just between me and you. I don't know if any other person can listen to this, but I get oh, what you're saying. Which I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be looped in on. Cause you know, mm. I, I don't really know. I'm like, okay, oh, so what are they, what are they, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? Oh, oh, Welcome oh, okay. to the girls room. <laughs> it's a very fun spot. Yeah. And I am having a lot of fun. I really do like just exploring the legal side of this mm. world. Jesus uh, and I think Christ. it's just really fun to the, the intersection between superhero characters and like the law, I think is endlessly I, fascinating on this I, show. I love doing the breakdowns. I love doing the breakdowns. <laughs> I don't know law. And I've had to read so many like PDF, like I've had to download full law books and go to my lawyer friend and be like, can you please explain this? I was like, I don't yeah. know how law works. You know what we need is we need to get that legal eagle guy and just make him part of the new rock stars team so we can have a whole separate <laughs> uh like just separate analysis is just like a, a legal breakdown of an episode of new rock stars just to get in an ex like someone with a juris yeah. doctor to come I in i went i researched and i go in on if you're resurrected does your marriage get annulled or not so <laughs> Just wait for wait for that, whether or not it's legal to marry a dead person. I love that. Um, yeah, so the B story of this episode explores all this stuff. Nikki and Mallory are teaming up to take the case of Mr. Immortal. Craig Hollis, uh, Mr. Immortal is a recurring character in Marvel Comics. I'm surprised that like they introduced him in this way on She-Hulk. Uh, he's uh, in titles like West Coast Avenger, Great Lakes Avengers. He has a friendship with the cosmic entity, entity the Death Urge, as he calls him, the Deerge or Dirge. Uh, but he's played by our man, Dave Pasquese, a.k.a. the Twi'lek Major Domo from Boba Fett and one of my favorite Chicago improvisers, part of the duo TJ and Dave. I love this guy. He's so funny in this. Uh, and he wants GLKNH to help him with his divorce cases, several ex-spouses who want him to pay up uh, because he has... Uh, He's tried to kill himself and invent a new identity just to get out of a marriage. And these are the ones who are just still alive. We got to imagine this guy's been doing this for centuries. Forever. 
It's I so love funny. it. It's so funny. It's so yeah. funny. And it's so good. <laughs> and it's so easy to just go into the comics and find like Mr. Immortal and make him a comedy bit. A man that literally <laughs> never dies. How can you make him into like literally the definition of like a, a boy? Like how can you do it? And they did. Hey, if it's you can't so run from your problems, jump out of the window. Uh, it's a, I'll, I'll jump out of the window. <laughs> There's also a line in the episode where he straight up is like, I'll never understand women. Not even when I'm, oh, well, I will be. And he's talking about like his age, how he's never going to, like, he's like, I'll never know them. Even when I'm a thousand. Well, I am going to be a thousand. So maybe I will. Like, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's so good. The actor is also amazing. Ugh, I'm obsessed. Yeah. Uh, uh, so one of these ex-wives mentions a website called Intelligentsia that hey. posted Craig's attempt to walk into traffic and fake his death. Uh, Craig agrees to split his wealth with these exes, and Nikki helps each of them reach an agreement over how much each uh, deserve of his wealth. What do you say his wealth was from? Uh, the the Baron. Uh, this is the like a Baron, real person. Uh, the, yeah, Cromwell? it is. It's like it's King Henry's like sister-in-law. <laughs> which there's a lot of different baron cromwells but i think he's talking about king henry's sister-in-law yeah. his third wife that's sister. hilarious and he bought stock in apple in 1981 which is just like smart stock yeah, purchasing mr mortal doesn't have knowledge of the future he's just man. like bought stock at the right time yeah. if like when they make the eternal sequel i want to see mr mortal in there like come on come on he just wants to or something um, so we see this wedding uh, where Jen is just treated horribly. You mm -hmm. know, uh, Titania shows up. We realize her, the person she's walking down the aisle with, Jonathan, is just a sick dog. And uh, they make her, they like put her to work at this wedding. Uh, she meets a cute guy named Josh, though. This wedding is a cash bar, but the DJ is DJ in Chettable Hulk. Hey. Hits us with some Annie Lennox. So, you know, it's not mm. all that bad. I love Chad. He's so funny. Yep. What an interesting wedding song of uh, Walking on Broken Glass. It plays like, at I a lot of weddings. Did it not play at your wedding? Did not play at our wedding. But oh. we didn't have a lot of time to dance at our wedding. We had maybe, I don't know, hour 15 minutes. of. of that playlist. is not a lot of time. But that, that song plays at a lot of weddings. I don't really dance to it because it's hard to dance to, as you see Jen do in the episode it's really hard to get rhythm to that song but tatiana maslani just kind of like does her thing and like i don't know if we saw a video of this but someone definitely tweeted right when she was coming out they're like here's my personal story about tatiana maslani i was at like some press party after an award show or emmys or after the golden globes and it's one of these things where like no one is dancing everyone just kind of moved on to a different party or whatever but they have a dance floor with a dj and i look over and it's just tatiana maslani by herself on the dance floor just that. shoes off just like mm, dancing on her own just oh, having a blast her. and i she feel like this was just they let her do her thing here like it felt so that is so, so funny she God. is the funniest act like i just want to like an angel hang out with her just regularly just be besties like she seems oh. so fun she seems like a great person i'm a big fan of her i love what she's doing on this show like she's just like settled into this part so well and i, I just i'm having a lot of fun watching her and uh, Jen tries to drunk dial Bruce, but he isn't picking up. Maybe because he's like, he just knows that she's drunk. He's like, let's call it this time. I want to have a conversation about this. And Jen gets, and she throws up, gets sucker punched by Titania, which feels like a dick move, right? Like, Majorly. You, she's not even standing hey. up. And why, why are you punching her? You know what? If you're not uh, always keeping one eye open... <laughs> I don't, this, is, this is me trying to defend Titania. Is that a Nick Fury I love, <laughs> I love Titania. And I was, I love that scene of her being like, oh, it's okay, get it out. Bah! I was like, yes, get it. 
I gotta say, this moment made me like Titania less, not just because she sucker punches her, but like, I didn't really understand her motivation. She's like, mm. I, I, you need to Hulk out so I can fight you because I'm jealous and you have all this and you don't deserve it or you don't even want it. But then I wanna, I wanna know where did your powers come from? Like, who right. are yeah. you? Like. Are you, is this something given to you? Is it naturally forming? Yeah. What are you, where are you coming from? I am upset that we, it's episode six and we still don't know why she broke into the courtroom. Exactly. And like that is I'm the biggest question. trying to figure that out. And so, but I, and I don't like that we have to theorize because I immediately went to, oh, she's publicly humiliated because of She-Hulk. So she's trying to like redeem herself, even if it's in front of people that it's like, I'm actually better than you. You suck. And I'm like, but I don't like to have to theorize that. I want you guys to have to give it to me, like a justification. Right. It, and that's why I'm like, maybe we'll get that justification when we know who sent her to the courtroom, but we don't know like, yet. Why is she not in prison? Right, I know. <laughs> Just for that alone, why is she not in prison? But you're you're both very right. Like this is, it's one thing to have the intelligentsia left a mystery, right? If you're mm. gonna do this thing that they do on pretty much all these series, have like the the big boss behind the chat, behind the curtain. Uh, but to have just another character who seems like an independent actor and we still have no idea what they're all about. And but they seem to be so important to the story. Like, I, I think it, looking back at the past couple Marvel titles, I think it's actually kind of refreshing that Moon Knight told us basically who the villain was in the opening yeah. scene and then never really wavered from that. And really, the mystery was how much of uh, of Stephen Grant's worlds is real or not. Yeah. And the conflict Absolutely. almost wasn't really with uh, Arthur Harrow on that show. And similar with uh, Ms. Marvel is like, we met the clandestines in episode three and then like by episode, like by the end of that episode, we knew that they were bad guys. Uh, so like, I kind of liked that we didn't have this whole mystery of who the villain is. We don't need that in every title. I'm not trying to sound horrible when I say this, but I think it's because Moon Knight and Miss Marvel had something to lose. Um, if I, when I say that, I mean like those were two shows that were dropping that people weren't so sure about. They don't know that much about the character behind the scenes. So it's like, we need to make sure that this script is foolproof. <laughs> that like what mm. we give them is good to go with that one season where She-Hulk is like, she's still Bruce Banner's cousin and we know who She-Hulk is kind of. So it's like, she's gonna, we're gonna see her again. We're, we know we're gonna see yeah. her again. But there was a chance we might not see Moon Knight as much or Miss Marvel. And so mm. I think they're like, we had to double down uh, on this script versus this one. Yeah, not not to shame point. the writers for She-Hulk. I love She-Hulk. It's just that you you recognize which one is gonna get way no i think I you're totally that. right i hear what you're saying jess and i think part of it is just like the format they're going for they're going for more of an episodic thing yeah. where each episode does feel a bit more self-contained and uh in that you uh, can have a bit lower stakes the shows that they're they're modeling on and just have lower stakes yeah uh, whereas like moon knight and ms marvel we're we're truly trying to do like two and a half hour movies or two hour movies with those with those stories and you know we didn't know you're yeah that's a very good point i didn't think about that but, uh, okay, so these two fight. I do like that we get to see Jen do the Hulk stomp attack. That was fun. Titania slips and busts up her veneers just by slipping on ice. <laughs> um, and then this episode ends with Mal and Nikki investigating the Intelligentsia site. Comes off as the, the typical kind of Reddit 4chan forum. It's run by a mod named Hulk King. At first mm. I had to do a double take. I'm like, does that say Hulkling? No, it says Hulk King. Uh, and they create an account and access a forum dedicated to hate posts and death threats to She-Hulk. And as Jen eats fries with Josh, Finally gets her man to eat some fries with, right? That's what we're all hey. looking for, just someone to split some fries with. Right. Uh, and then she gets, end up watched, she's being watched by a computer interface at this wedding, meaning there's like a camera set up somewhere mm. in a bush there, or at the bar, in the ice bucket, in the tip jar, wherever. Um, 
And it this transition's crazy. It's like a weird kind of like uh, Ultron-y types uh, transition through the through the screen. And Hulk King is using his same kind of messaging app to pop up on the screen, asking about next steps of the plan. Uh, and we see some unseen scientists readying needles, similar to the bent needle that the Wrecking Crew had uh, a couple episodes back. So we know the Wrecking Crew is part of this operation, uh, but they prepare a much larger, sturdier needle and close it into a case. So we're going to talk about this group, the Intelligentsia. And trust us, they're not as lame as they initially come off in this episode. Uh, remember the Mandarin, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Those uh, These fools, I believe, are the court jesters of the true Marvel Intelligentsia, the way Mandarin was, as we learned in Shang-Chi, mm -hmm. I think. All right. We'll see. MT, hit us with that merch plug. Guys, be sure to head on over to NewRockStarsMerch.com to grab our latest Obsession shirt, Lady Justice, inspired by the very She-Hulk show that we are talking about right now. The shirt is limited edition, and when you purchase it, you unlock the ability to get a custom shout-out that will appear right here on Inside Marvel. Support the channel and check out all of our awesome merch options over at NewRockStarsMerch.com today. Great. Uh, and okay, so what are we talking about this episode? What is the intelligentsia for real? Who are they? What are they? What's the what's the big deal? Wait a minute. Who are they? Marvel's intelligentsia was considered a collective of villains assembled to exchange information among evil geniuses. Specifically, their first need was to share knowledge from the Library of Alexandria. There's a whole plot uh, revolving around that. It was kind of the brainchild of the leader who reached out to the wizard and then Egghead, the mad thinker, Red Ghost. This team ended up being thwarted by Dr. Doom, who's like, I'm going to keep all this knowledge, F up. Uh, but then years later, the team gets reformulated by MODOK and the leader, and they set their sights on Hulk. Their plot really is to like have a Hulk that they can control, because Hulk, if you think about it, is kind of the ultimate uncontained uh, uh, chaos power, uh, at least when it comes to raw physical power. Uh, they end up uh, unleashing Red Hulk, on the world uh, in an attempt to control Red Hulk. I, I'm summarizing, there's a lot of cool beats. I highly recommend you read uh, the comics. This is fairly recent. It was really from like, what, 13 years ago, 14 years ago when all these were coming out. Oh, recent. Yeah, Red <laughs> Hulk turns on them and <laughs> they get, well, I'm just saying like some of these like Eternals <laughs> comics, you know, That's those true. comics yeah. that we all read in 1970. <laughs> <laughs> No, no one read Eternals comics as a kid. I guarantee True. you. The the only people who read Eternals comics work at Marvel. We can talk about this another time. Because if there's a comic, when I was young, I looked up hot comic book characters. And then I read them. And Eternals was one of them. Because everybody in yes. Eternals is hot. I, I just to correct my statement, yes, the, the Neil Gaiman Eternals run in the 90s was a very popular run. A lot of people read it and it was very, very good. I, I at least was I didn't hadn't read it until they announced the Eternals movie. But I was like aware of that name somewhere. But I was just like, that looks stupid. I don't care about any of that. And then the Neil Gaiman run was that's actually a really, really good storyline. I wish I had read it. But I'm talking about the original 70s uh, Eternals. No one read those. No, except Neil Gaiman read them. And he's like, there's a better version of the story. Um, <laughs> There's like one 55-year-old commenter who's like, I read them for <laughs> I had the first issue. I stood in line. <laughs> How do you think 55-year-old people talk to me? They're all prospectors <laughs> with long beards. Also, 50 is not old. So the way you just made it sound like they were like an 80-year-old candy man. <laughs> My great-grandson had that book read to him just last what night you, by me. Would you like a Tootsie Pop? They were literally born in like 69. <laughs> Not even. They were born in like 72. <laughs> 
the intelligentsia, they end up getting kind of thwarted by Red Hulk, uh, who turns on them. Amadeus Cho, Hulk, helps take them down. Uh, but we've been speculating that the MCU would bring in the intelligentsia soon, probably in this series, even the way things have been going. They really are the go-to supervillain network when it comes to, uh, like, who's trying to control Hulk from behind the scenes. It makes sense that they would be the bosses behind the Wrecking Crew who tried to steal Jen's blood earlier this season. And Marvel did just announce the leader is returning it to the MCU and Captain America New World Order. And that title of that movie is suggesting it's going to focus on conspiracy theories and misinformation, which kind of seems like the kind of content you would imagine seeing on the Intelligentsia website. In Quantumania, it's confirmed to introduce some form of MODOK. We're not sure yet which. It looks like a robotic form of MODOK, but we don't really know. It's just a quick shot in the D23 footage. So uh, this episode of She-Hulk, at first reveals the Intelligentsia to be like just this, this shitposty website for incels, trolls, and the like. But I think there's obviously more to it than that, because it's modded by a username Hulk King. I think we can safely say that will probably be Todd, yep. right? Todd yep. was just too big of an actor to play a one-off role of Jen's date, who then showed up in the courtroom. He did show up as this client at GLKNH. He clearly has a little bit more wealth and influence than it's seen before. He seems like the kind of guy who would be the, the owner of this website. I think he's a nerd who created this site, and then that site might have been acquired by a large organization who uses this site and many other sites as part of their sinister information gathering scheme to data mine people's servers, spy on as many people as possible, and uh, also to just like crowdsource as many anecdotal rumors as possible as to what Jen's weaknesses might be. Uh, if you imagine, you know, Facebook, uh, Meta is like buying Instagram and all these other websites. I think he's kind of the Zuckerbergy figure behind it, but someone who's not as a uh, public facing owner of it. I think ultimately it's pretty clear. They want Hulk blood or She-Hulk's blood. They want to create their own Hulk. And I think it's going to be either Red Hulk or some other kind of additional Hulk, some kind of new player. I think that's what's going to be coming at the end of the series. Now, will they have the budget for it? I don't know, because all the other uh, shots of Jen hulking out, they keep cutting away from it. They so rarely show her fully hulking out. I don't think we've ever seen just a complete on-screen, framed-in mid, uh, hulking out shot. They keep cutting from her point of view or something. And it's like, yikes, so what are they saving the money for on the show? Or are they showing us that expensive? I, I think it's the latter, honestly. I don't think Red Hulk is coming in because of that reason. <laughs> Only okay. because of Okay, okay. <laughs> but I, do you think, I think some other Hulk is coming. I think Bruce is going to return to stop it. I think Blonsky is going to team up with them to redeem himself. I think we're going to get a Hulk versus Hulk battle. And I think that's going to shut up all the haters at the end of the season. Season because I think just a, a multiple Hulks kind of in a melee, just imagine that. Like, that could be freaking wild. So that's just where I think this is all headed right now. Uh, I want to ask your thoughts, but I also want to ask you guys about, like, what's going on at this wedding? Do you think this wedding was all a sham? That camera, was it set up on Jen and Josh in that final scene by people? Like, was Lulu paid to set up this thing? Was she trying to get Jen's DNA? Is that why she told her to depower initially? Is that why she really invited Titania to knock her out? Do we even trust our boy Josh who's snacking on those fries with her? Because right now this series has told me not to trust any of the men who's interested in Jen. It's like a, I guess he's a Sonic 2. Yeah. The, so the second Sonic movie. Like that whole yes. wedding was a sham for just to get like Sonic. Oh, like I feel like that. I was so <laughs> that sad. That situation happening again would be hilarious. Uh, that's what oh. I was, a piece of me was thinking that when I was writing the breakdown, I was like, what if this entire wedding's a sham? That's why we don't really see Adam, the husband. And that's why we don't really, like, they hired Ched to DJ and he's doing bad. <laughs> Who, no DJ has an actual blowhorn. And there's not that many people there. Like, it just looks so disheveled that I was starting to believe that it was a sham. But I, I, I don't want to, I really don't want to believe it. But I know Josh is a sham. I know Josh is a sham. Yeah, Josh is, like, the too good to be true, like, too... 
too attractive, like, all right, hey, what's going on, Jen, specifically? I think I'm really digging you. I think the website is also to just, like, not only throw up threats to kill She-Hulk, but just to also, like, yeah, I went on a date with She-Hulk, and she said she didn't like me because I talked too much. She didn't like me because I didn't oh, hold the door for her. And so they're using those pieces of knowledge to create what is Josh. And Josh is the opposite of those guys, so he's going to be the only one that can really uh, Trojan horse himself into that. I love it. This is what uh, this is what men do on websites. They go to like, "Am I the asshole?" on Reddit just <laughs> oh to like learn a list of what not to do, and they're yes. like, "I'll just follow this yes. list of rules. I, I'll be the perfect date." It's a joke. You are joking, but I know damn well there is. I know there is a man there. It's like. Oh, so I shouldn't throw away my wife's prized possessions when she's not looking? <laughs> They're definitely good. You mean women like when you listen? Hmm. <laughs> what? I don't know. I'll try my way. <laughs> I'll try my way and I'll get back to everybody on this site. But I do think Josh is definitely a, a Trojan horse, is a scam. I don't think it's good. And also, it's like, they're giving us too much knowledge about Daredevil and her. And I I don't want to shit people immediately. But I'm like, I, I think when you put two men that are interested, one's got to be bad and one's got to be good. I think that's right. what it's going to look at. That's a good at. point. Yeah. I mean, the fr- they had fries. Like, this was a, an event space that probably was catered for your wedding or maybe the food wasn't that good you think they got a deep fryer back there you don't serve fries at a wedding you think then they you, gotta bring it, you can't cater fries where do you think they got the fries <laughs> Brought that it? didn't look like do you think they uber eats yeah, they some Tuesday's fries in here <laughs> they said give us a plate those and were some thick ketchup fries. those were steak fries and a plate of fries where in that barn event space did they get a fryer our, our department boss here our department boss here to make his quarrels right now. The air fryers and the credits. <laughs> the only reason I mention this is at my wedding, you know, you try to do your late Bye. night snack. If you're going to do a late one and we Ubered in some White Castle just as like a nice little late okay. night snack for our guests. Ooh. And like that's how you get. But we also got married in the middle of Chicago where there are fast food restaurants everywhere. Like we could do that. This was in like some northern California. This is some Thousand Oaks barn. You know, uh, we've been invited to a few of these weddings. Jess, you know how these weddings go. They're out kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I've been to this exact wedding before, too. The food, they don't have fries. I will die on this hill. Where do they get the fries? I I think it's okay to die on this hill. I agree with you. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a made up thing. But no, back to this, uh, the Hulk King bit. And like, I like how you uh, are referencing. No, I really like how you uh, you brought up the Red Hulk because the Intelligentsia did make the Red Hulk in the comics. And uh, unfortunately, with the passing of, um, I'm blanking on his name, I'm so sorry, uh, Thunderbolt Ross, um, we can't really do that whole route. But I think that Todd, and I, I made a video about this before, I honestly feel like Todd is playing Madman, who is a Hulk in the comics, but he's also Red, which would be a fantastic way to sort of like make a Red Hulk without, you know, doing the actual Red Hulk. And I feel like uh, that's why, like he was called Hulk Todd in the um, the early screeners before they got that got rid of that. So I honestly feel like um, we're going to see a hulked out version of Todd by the end of this uh, series. I could I bank on that. I also just was like when I was watching it, I was like, what if they brought back Liv Tyler? They're bringing back everybody. Yeah, what if they please, brought back Liv Tyler Marvel, and they turned please. her into a Hulk? It would be so good. I don't know how she'd be like, yeah, I was his ex. But like, <laughs> she could also just be a scientist. <laughs> she could just be a scientist and not an ex. She could just be a scientist and maybe t- turn into uh, a Hulk. But yeah, Todd seems more convincing. I just want them to bring back everyone from Incredible Hulk, to be honest. 
You know what's interesting is like after they did uh, the recasting with Ruffalo as Hulk, that seemed to be, and I don't mean to be insulting Mark Ruffalo's appearance because I think he's a beautiful, beautiful man uh, who, you know, Kelly and I haven't discussed the terms of like uh, our, our one Your cheat, free pass? Like, Your hall pass? Our free pass. Uh <laughs> I might, I might use my hall pass on Mark Ruffalo. I'm just That's saying, a waste of a pass. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's the best way to use a pass. Because he's, he's a wonderful man, and he's got a, a good heart. He's a nice man who loves the planet, Jess. Come on. And he, and he loves the planet. Come on. Are you crazy? Anyway, <laughs> uh, but Ruffalo, he seemed, they seem to cast him specifically because he has a very pronounced jawline. And when you're going to turn someone's face into a Hulk face, it helps that their face has a specific structure to it. And I feel like they didn't really have that with Ed, Edward Norton because the Hulk version of Edward Norton didn't really look like him. Whereas the Hulk version of Mark Ruffalo kind of vaguely looks like Ruffalo a little bit. Uh, and that just increased more and more, especially with Smart Hulk. By then, it's just like, oh, big, green, thick Ruffalo. By the end of it. <laughs> thick Ruffalo. <laughs> So do you like I'm trying to think the actor they cast as Todd, like, does he have that kind of facial structure where it would make sense to see him in Hulk form? The thing is, I don't think we've been seeing the right angles of Todd so yet. Yet. Because if you've seen okay. his headshot, it's uh, it's like a a model, like a, a Gucci model like photo. And I was like, oh, I don't see these angles of him on the show. And I think we're just not hitting him like we're keeping him straight on so we see how round his face is. We're not really hitting him ever from the side. So I don't think we've actually, this is how much I look at actors' faces. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, I know what you're talking about. John yeah. Bass on, on IMDb. Oh. He's mm -hmm. like, whoa! He's like mm -hmm. a smoke show. But mm -hmm. he's otherwise he looks like a comedic actor in some yes. of these, these other shots. He's like a, a your college roommate type. You know, you know. you know how our headshots are a little, you know, like a little zhuzhed <laughs> up. I get it. But this one, I'm like, this is completely different. <laughs> I, I feel bad. This feels like the kind of like, uh, I'm sure casting directors have this conversation all the time in terms of like an actor's facial structure. But I feel a little guilty. No, like, I think he looks like it. We just aren't seeing that angle. I don't think the DP has hit him on that angle yet that we see in his headshot that's on IMDb. Editors, please put a photo so we keep, because we keep referencing it and no one knows what we're talking about. But... No, he looks. He's fine. probably a really, really nice guy. Oh my I... god! Some of his Instagram photos. Stop! Up get him. off! Just... <laughs> he's got, like, this doing? leather he's wearing that says "scraps." It's a no! dog collar that says Stop. "scraps." Eric is what? on the intelligence your website looking at John Bass photos. <laughs> Text it to me later. I just think this actor's really funny. I thought he was really great on the newsroom when I saw him on that show. I, I like this guy. They watch. I saw him on She-Hulk. I, I saw him on She-Hulk. <laughs> so if you're making, are you making us choose between like whether we're going to see Hulk, Modoc, or the leader at the end? I guess you don't have to too, do too much of VFX to the leader as much as you would for Hulk and um, Modoc. But like, if you have to choose between the three, it'd probably be like the leader, right? <laughs> and we wouldn't see a Hulk at the end? In terms of like what we're expecting to see in the future, I just think rather than bringing in Tim Blake Nelson, putting him in new VFX setup or new makeup of some kind, I think it's more likely that they have like an additional Hulk wannabe character by the okay. end of this show or some mm -hmm. people who are trying to make their own Hulk. Uh, and then that's kind of the, the brawl at the end of it. If it's Hulk is in the title, to me, I think the move is to have Hulks in the finale. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, at the very least, like, this show is going to open the doors for more Hulks to appear in the MCU. Because, like, I feel like we're going to get A-Bomb, like, we're going to get Rick Jones, and, like, we're going to get um, Amadeus Cho. Like, we're going to get more Hulks. Yeah. So, like, very excited. 
I hope this series ends by introducing Amadeus Cho. I mean, Please. that's like the character I want to see. Like, I don't need, I know there's like Hulk lean fans who really want to see him in Young Avengers. I think you can accomplish that, but just by having Amadeus Cho, because Hulk lean is like, you know, son of a scroll in a Cree or something like that, right? I'm getting it wrong, but he's not like Hulk's kid. No, he's not a right. Hulk at all. He's just, he's yeah. a, and he's not even a Hulk. Green. He just, they call him Hulk lean. Yeah. He's just green. Yo, what do you guys think about this idea of, like, what if White Vision is part of the intelligentsia? That'd be a problem. Ooh. That would be a major yeah, problem. I, like <laughs> I already I told like you guys, and I got in trouble. Uh, I think it was on the break room where I said White Vision is going to just end up being, like, our god. Um, he's going <laughs> to talk us Isn't all awesome into it. awesome White Vision? Uh, I <laughs> Some god he is. He's building a ship of Theseus. Yes, uh, we'll see who's part of the intelligentsia, hopefully by the end of this series. I'm very excited. I love that they introduced it. Uh, there's a couple more things we want to talk about this episode. Let's quickly thank the people who helped us make it. Whether you're a superhuman Hulk or just a regular old human, we all want a comfortable night's sleep and the best sheets possible. But how do you determine which sheets are the best with all those confusing thread counts that don't even matter at the end of the day? That's where Brooklinen comes in. Brooklinen was created to give customers luxury hotel-level home essentials they offer everything from snuggly sheets to cozy towels and robes, loungewear, accessories, and much more. They partner with top caliber suppliers and use only the highest grade materials. Brooklinen knows better than anyone that high quality materials are the most important element of a good sheet, not thread count, because each sheet is made with ultra durable cotton that will get softer and softer with every use and wash. You'll feel like you're snuggling up in breathable supreme comfort every single night, no matter how you sleep. And they offer a top tier 365 day return policy, plus an additional year for sheets, pillowcases, and duvet covers. And if you're new to the brand and not sure where to start, rest easy and shop in comfort with Brooklinen's online quiz. Whether you're looking for the perfect set of cozy sheets, a new robe, or a complete home overhaul, their quiz is the best place to find a curated list of high-quality products perfectly suited to your lifestyle. So refresh and rest today with Brooklinen, best-in-class bedding. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code InsideMarvel to get $20 off plus free shipping on your purchase of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code InsideMarvel for $20 off plus free shipping on your purchase today. We also want to thank Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode. Sleep is just so, so important. And here at New Rockstars, we trust Helix to protect our sleep with the best mattresses in the world. I have a Helix mattress. I know MT, you got one too. Uh, recently, producer Zach, producer John have Helix mattresses. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody is unique and Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. And even the Helix Plus mattress or plus size sleepers. Producer John took the Helix quiz and was matched with the Helix Dusk mattress because he's a back sleeper that needed memory foam to provide the perfect amount of sleep to keep him sleeping through the night. Because our baby boy, John, princess in the pee. And the pee is any little rustle of wind that will wake him up. So we need something that will just put him out <laughs> and get him the memory recharges that he needs to, I don't know where I'm going with it. I love John. I liked it though, I dug it. I like John. Uh, just go to helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel, take their two minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10 year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk free. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel. Our next question Mr. Immortal, let's talk about this guy. Uh, you mentioned that uh, he might have had some connection with the Eternals. How is this guy alive for so long? It sounds like we got another Kingo here. Do you think it could have crossed paths with Kingo or any of the other Eternals? 
God, I hope so. That'd be so much fun because Kingo's fun and he's fun. And like, I just feel like they would have some type of either like a, a history or like maybe they like to have like a competition or something. Like, I feel like there's some type of uh, history there because uh, it's just be really fun. I guess it depends on like when he was alive. Uh, I mean, he clearly, at least from the episode, I'm assuming he was alive during King Henry. Uh, so it's like, that's old. But is he older than before, like, cavemen? <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Is he older than time? Like, <laughs> has he always looked like uh, Dave Pasquese at his current age with, with, with gray and hair? In the comics, he doesn't age. He looks exactly the same. So I guess he just came out looking like that. Or maybe he was a baby he that grew up. a man. <laughs> <laughs> he just stepped out, put on his suit, <laughs> put it in his little pocket square. It's like, time to get married. He said, time to f And I said, okay. I said, go off. I, I guess you age to a certain spot and you stop. There could be also a backstory to him stopping, mm. whether it's like death urge was the reason why he stopped aging or mm. that uh, he got hit by one too many cars and stopped aging. I, I feel like he had to have come across uh, Kingo's path at the very least, because uh, as we saw from uh, Eternals, Kingo has been an actor for generations. So like that, like he would see Kingo's face like, all right, uh, he was this guy and he was that guy. He was that guy. That guy can't die like me. So he, he probably just went to go visit him like, hey. How did you get your not dying powers, sir? Because um, he's one of the few people that actually notice Kingo is the same guy. I bet he noticed, but he doesn't care because he <laughs> yeah, gives off that. Up in he, his own stuff. he gives off that vibe that's just like, yeah, I just don't want to even have this conversation, so I fake my death, which is a <laughs> lot of work. It's easier just to tell someone you're done with them than to go throw yourself in front of a car or off a sure? building or over Are a bridge. Are you sure, Jess? I don't well, know about if, that. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> Okay, so we see the two type of people we are, MT, and one of us needs to fix it. <laughs> one of us needs to fix it. I hate confrontation. <laughs> I'd rather die. <laughs> yeah, I think Mr. Immortal is fascinating because if you think about it, the Eternals are just basically robots. They're synthetic weirdos who are created by Celestials just to caretake an Earth, whereas Mr. Immortal in some ways is the real deal. We don't know how really he has his powers, but in the comics, like, Dirge is like, you're going to be around after the universe expires. You'll never die, which is fascinating. I want this guy to have a show. He's kind of like weirdly important <laughs> he needs his own kind of his, exploration he's so sad in the comics he is the most depressing character they could have ever chose to redo for she-hulk but his story so that's why i'm like he would make a, a great own series because it's like the fun him versus the like coming to terms with i'm immortal for the rest of my life and everyone i've loved is going to die and i'm gonna witness it so i would pay to watch this i just think he's just a weirdo He's just a weirdo. He doesn't know how to place his emotions in the correct spot. And I love him for it. Yeah. A great casting. I mean, Dave Pasquese. So if anything, good. it's like, I want so Dave Pasquese to play an even bigger role I, in the universe. I, I yeah. want him to keep coming. I want him to leave the intelligentsia. Just kidding. No. <laughs> I mean, it'd be entertaining. I wonder if they picked him because he's from Star Wars or like already in like the Disney universe or because he's just a great improviser. Because they've, just, they've been both, picking comedians. Right? <laughs> All right, we're now in the going into the final three episodes, right? That was the end of episode six. And if you think a nine-episode season, this kind of makes our final act of this season. We know Daredevil is coming. And we know Leapfrog is coming. Yeah. 
But I want to ask you guys, beyond those two, let's play some bets. Who do we think are going, who do we think is going to be like the surprising cameo? Will there be any super surprising cameo? And if it's not like a cameo, like a surprising character twist, what are we thinking for these, for this finale? I was just going to say leader as like the obvious, like very, like, I feel like leader's going to show up the very last scene, like, oh, ho, ho, and it's me, the leader. I'll be in Captain America 4, ta-ta, um, type of deal. <laughs> Um, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Bye. -bye. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's either the leader or Madman. Um, those two um, are gonna be the the cameo. But what, what do you think, Jess? I, I think it's gonna be the exact same entrance, last second, post credit scene, and I think it's gonna be Modok. Uh, I think Ooh. it's gotta be. I think it's gotta be the leader or the Mo or Modok because there's both of them are coming up. Might as well introduce them in some fashion, especially since mm. we have the intelligentsia. So I'm going to leave Modoc. I'm going to leave Modoc. Here's my theory. I'm going to just keep it restrained because I think I've gone a little off the deep end in uh, past seasons that we've covered. Uh, so here's my theory. I think the final battle of the show is uh, it's going to be like a version of Hulk. But it's going to be like Hulk Todd. It's going to be pretty restrained, pretty tame. But then, but then we're going to hear a voice from behind him and say, on your left. And then portals will open created by Wong. And through one portal will be William Hurt, Thunderbolt Ross. They they kept his likeness and they put it on okay. a Hulk body. And he's going to come no. in his Red Hulk. And then another no. Hulk's going to jump in. Oh, no. And it's going to be Chadwick Boseman's likeness on oh, another no. Hulk that you... jumps in. Oh, no. And then they're going to have another Hulk come in. And it's going to be Tony Stark's <laughs> dead face. Like at the end of the end game where it's just like that. And it's going to be that auto body. And it's going to be zombie Hulk. <laughs> and then every other Hulk. Hulk, just more and more offensive. They're gonna have Queen Elizabeth II like oh this on God. another oh, British Hulk like that, that comes in. And it's just gonna be one by one. And then we're gonna just be so enamored with how far they went to offend us and to outrage us that we'll have to stand up and applaud. You're like, she Hulk, she Hulk did it. They're they're only attacking the men. They're only attacking the men, and they succeeded. I think I feel pretty good about my theory. Um, I think uh, yeah, I'm willing to put some money on that one. Uh, the queen, the think. queen, the queen Elizabeth, the queen. Uh -huh. They knew, they knew early in the season, or yes. they just planned for this, just in case it did happen. Uh, they weren't every, really sure. Every show should. I think New Girl did that too. Unfortunately, it ended before the queen actually passed. Oh my god. Well, everybody, what a blast it's been. I love uh, talking about the show every week with you two. What a delight this is. And Jess's Easter egg breakdown is coming out tomorrow on the channel. Uh, as, along with MT, you broke down this week's episode of Rick and Morty. That will be on the channel tomorrow too. I did. It was super fun and super awkward. So I can't oh. wait to talk about it with you guys. Oh, we're gonna this get This was trouble. an awkward episode. Yes, it was. <laughs> but I can't wait to see both of those videos. So everyone will be sure to watch those. And that is it for this episode of Inside Marvel. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow Jessica at Lulu underscore Clemens. Uh, follow me at EA Voss. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to New Rockstars here on YouTube. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.